Anyway, uh, well, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, if you're a mother, that is. <laughs> no one's a mother? <laughs> a different kind, Steve, sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, we have a nice prize to give away before we start. Um, and and I was, we, we always do this, uh, first I've got to say this, that um, when we do, for Father's Day, every year, you know what we do? Happy Father's Day. Uh, for Mother's Day, we always give prizes away, so I feel a little gypped, but so be it. Um, so they gave me the freedom to give this away to, you know, however I wanted to do it. And uh, so what, what I'm going to do today, so if you're a mom, first of all, I love free moms that are here. Would you guys just stand up for a second? All right. Fantastic. You know, we, we're actually watching Brad. You guys know Brad's out of town this week, and we're watching uh, his kids. We have seven in the house right now. So we understand what it means to be a mother. I just leave is what I do. And uh, that's the most effective for, for uh, household stability. But here's what we're going to do. I was, I was going to um, just give it, typically we give it to the uh, mom who's um, got the newest baby and so on and so forth. And Eric and I were talking. He says, no, nah, it's not very creative. Here's what we should do. So, if you've been a mom more than five years, more than five years, you have at least two kids, and your last name is Rutledge. Uh, just so, five years, five years, at least two kids, and you have a birthday in May. Stand up. There it is. Come on up. Come on up. We have for you a gift certificate. Um, for Massage Envy, because moms need some uh, TLC, and this should do the trick for you. Happy Mother's Day, and congratulations. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, uh, today is Missions Sunday, and um, if you don't know what that means, you're, you're about to find out. Um, but, and before we even go into... Um, the message itself. I just love to, uh, I, I was just singing the worship with you guys and that, that last song, Great is the Lord, and my, until my last breath I will proclaim His greatness. That's what Missions Sunday is. The opportunity for us to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Before we get going though, I'm just going to share real briefly today, and we have an opportunity to meet some people who've received specific calls locally, uh, nationally, regionally, and even internationally around the world. Uh, to take the message out. And before we do any of that, I, like I said, I'm just going to share briefly, but I'd just love to open with prayer. Would you guys please pray with me? Uh, Lord Jesus, you are um, the greatest example of uh, sacrificial love for the uh, good of others. And not, not just good, but for the salvation of others. You came as an example to give your whole life so that we could know full life. And uh, to the point of sacrificing yourself on the cross. And uh, we are so grateful that you give us this gift. And many of us here have received that gift. We know what it is to live fully uh, in, in, in salvation. And some of us here today probably have not received that message. And I pray for all of us that at the end of today, we would be one step closer to knowing you and what that sal- salvation gift is. We love you so much, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, I have to, uh, I want to tell you a little, little story here. Um, some of you guys, if you're a little bit closer to me, you, you, you probably know this story. Uh, for those of you who don't know me very well, this, this will be a little bit of a new story. But I, I, gotta t- I, w- I attended Kensington uh, Community Church. It's in Troy. And... Uh, with Dave and uh, Eric, and, and, and um, this is before any idea uh, that K2 was in existence. Susie and I, I was teaching and I ran a studio, and uh, we came home, we heard a message uh, at, at Kensington, and the message was uh, living with the end in mind. Like, who do you want at your funeral, right? And if you figure out who you want at your funeral and you should live in such a way that those people would be there was ki- kind of the, the gist of the, the uh, message. And I remember driving home that day and I said to Susie uh, uh, on the way home, that's my wife, uh, you know, I, I want like thousands of people at, at my 
uh, funeral. And she kind of chuckled. And I said, no, no, really, I do. And, but I don't want people at my funeral because, because they think I'm nice or I don't want people, you know, who think I um, play a nice guitar or uh, had a good smile or anything like that. I want people at my funeral because I was part of God's plan in helping them find what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And that began a process for us because over the next two years, um, Susie and I, for the first probably six months, both felt God start to stir in our hearts that he was going to move us on to doing something else. We had no idea of Salt Lake City. I mean, we knew it was here, but that we were going to be moving here. I mean, there were, there were the Olympics, so I, I was aware of Salt Lake. And, uh, but we didn't know what it was. And so for the first maybe six months, we both had this stirring going on. And then I remember Christmas Eve, I said to Suze, man, I just feel like God is, it was a Christmas Eve, and I said, I feel like God is trying to move us on. I said, me too. And um, so we began praying together. And for about two years, I felt this stirring and had no idea what it was. And it was actually quite frustrating, honestly, because I really felt in my heart that God was trying to move me into something different. And as those years unfolded, I'll tell you what, I got up every morning and I spent time with God and I prayed and every morning I'd say, what, what do you want from me, God? What do you want? What do you want? Like he was going to just plop this master plan on my kitchen table, right? Well, I kind of thought that, but it didn't really happen that way. And at the end of the time, I will tell you this, that I felt like what I realized is one thing that's really important, I want you guys to know this, that at the end of those two years, I realized that what God wanted was for me to get up every morning and say, what do you want, God, today? It's a very, very important thing. I kind of missed it for those two years and only realized that after the fact. That his first call was for me to know him. The second thing, though, that, that, that then Dave announced that he was going to be going out to Salt Lake, and I knew, I knew. Susie and I had prayed. And a friend had told us this, and after my friend left, he, he said, hey, Dave's planting a church in Salt Lake. He left, and Susie goes, that's what it is, Mike. And I'm like, really? You sure? Yeah, that's it. All right. Prayed, and we, we, we believed, yeah, this is it. So I went to Dave, and I said, Dave, I, you know, I know you're planting, and I, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. I feel like God is telling me to move out and be your arts director. Now, I'm not telling you I need to move out there and be just, just attend the church. I feel like God is telling me specifically to be your arts director. Very important point, though. You need to feel that, too. So you need to confirm that. And Dave went away, you know, just went on with life, and he, he spent some time praying about it, and he called me up. He said, Mike, let's do this thing. And I have to tell you that for me, if, if I were looking at it economically, financially, on, just on a purely human level, it was an absolutely horrible move. I will tell you this on the back end of it, or at least knowing now what I'm doing, it is the best, single best decision I've ever made in my life. Not because of any of you. <laughs> Maybe Kugler. Not because of any of you. I mean, you're all great. But because what God has done in my life as a result of my obedience to him has been amazing. Now, you may not see it, but my obedience to God has changed my whole world. I just want to look at a few verses this morning. And before I do, I want to ask you this question. Have any of you ever felt in your heart a time when you really, truly believed that God was stirring something inside of you and asking you to do something? Don't, don't raise your hands. But have you ever really experienced that? You may not have. I'll tell you this. I didn't until I sought after it because I ignored it as a bad taco or whatever. But when I really sought after his will, I started to realize that, no, God is moving in my life. He's asking me to do things. And it can be simple or it can be large. And when I'm obedient those things, it's great. When I'm not, not so great. Here's what I want to do. If, if you, many of you, I'm, again, I only have just a few minutes to share with you this morning. I just want to pile through some verses and give you some challenges. Then we're going to hand it over. Eric's, Eric Winter's going to come up here and he's going to share with you uh, some specific examples of people who felt similar calls. Uh, but if you, if you know Acts, Acts uh, chapter 1, Verse 8, you, you have uh, the Gospels, which are four accounts of Jesus' life, and then you have Acts, which is the history of the New Testament. So all of the Bible, the books in the Bible, outside of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
All those books were written during the book of Acts. It's like the historical account of the New Testament, okay? And so, uh, picking up after Jesus uh, dies. And he says, in, in, in uh, chapter 1, he says to his, he's talking to the 12 disciples, and he says this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that's a, the day of Pentecost. That hadn't happened yet. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I always read that. I thought that was really cool. I didn't really fully understand it. Here is an interesting thing. Here, here's, let me just break this down for you. He's speaking to his disciples in Jerusalem. All right? And he's saying, you're going to be my witnesses. Now, if you are here a couple weeks ago, you heard us talk about being the fragrance of Christ, the aroma of Christ. Were you guys here a couple weeks ago when Dave talked about that, I think? About being his letter of recommendation. Well, this is what Jesus is saying right here. You will be my fragrance, my aroma, my letters of recommendation in Jerusalem. I'm in Jerusalem, Jesus speaking. You'll be my witnesses here. And I want to pause for just a second. Because many of you who are here this morning, who are on the South Campus setup team and teardown team, you guys make this place happen. This is your Jerusalem. And without you, this place couldn't happen. You received a call from Christ and you followed it. You're in, you could be in the band, you could be on the setup, teardown, connections, could be all kinds of things. That's a call that you received and responded to. But he also says, and the same thing is true in North, or it could be true in your workplace as well. God may be calling you to st- not to necessarily leave your workplace, but to stay there and be, be his aroma there. But secondly, he says, in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria. So Jerusalem, center of the target, Judea and Samaria, the region, national, and the ends of the earth, international. Now, interestingly, the disciples and apostles, they dispersed and they went to different places. Some stayed local in Jerusalem. Some went to the uh, Gentiles, as they were called in the time, the people outside. And we are all here as a result of that. So in in Mark, I'm just going to jump around here because in Mark, he says this. This is a passage recorded. It says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Uh, Simon, his companion, went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages. Uh, The obvious answer, right? Hey, everyone's looking for you. Let's leave. So, I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And again, you remember a couple weeks ago, Paul was in Troas, great ministry opportunities, and the Holy Spirit moved him on. Same thing. Jesus Christ did not come just to be in one place so that this one group of people could know about him. Jesus Christ came so that the message could spread worldwide. This is exactly what happens. People are looking for you. They know. They've, you've, they've heard. He's like, okay, it's time to move. Let's go. So he takes his crew and he leaves town. You do notice again, he was connecting with the, whole, with the Father on a daily basis as he'd get up early in the morning. I, I got to tell you guys, if you're not doing that, you're really missing an opportunity to connect with what God's calling could be on your life. It doesn't have to be in the morning, but sometime where you get alone with God and hear from him and seek his will for your life. Jesus did it. See, he loved the world so much that he came to give the message to everyone not just the people he was with. John 17, verses 17 and 18, he says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you've sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Jesus, in a prayer to God, saying, So you've sent me, and now I'm telling them to do the same. I'm sending them out. He was sent to the salvation of the world. He sends us to continue that process. In uh, a great passage, Ephesians 4 says, Live a life worthy of your calling. What is your calling? Anyone know? What is your calling? Some of you do. If you don't, here's a great book, The Call, Oz Guinness. The premise of the book is this. Every single person in this room right now, every single person in this valley, in this 
state in this world has a call on their life. That call is to know God in a deeper sense. And as you know him more deeply and intimately, the specific place that God leads you will reveal itself. So you remember me saying I wanted God to plop down this plan on my kitchen table in the mornings? Well, it didn't really happen like that. It happened over time. And as I got to know him more intimately, I understood specifically in my days what I was supposed to do to receive his call. You all have a call. And that call is to follow Jesus and know him more intimately. But as we're called, we're called to spread the message, be his aroma. Romans 10, verses 13 to 15 says this. So why are we sent? Well, for anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save him unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard of him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's what, what the scripture means when it says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And he's referring to an Isaiah passage when Isaiah was prophesying. He said, your blessing, Israel, is that you are bringing good news. You're releasing people from, from bondage, which is the same thing we're doing today when we bring the message of Jesus Christ to people. We are receiving blessing for bringing the message of freedom to their lives. Then he said in Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the good news. Again, same deal. Don't just keep it here. And I got to say quickly again, just you may not be receiving a specific call. Not everyone is called to leave this country. If everyone left this country, well, <laughs> wouldn't make sense. But if everyone left the country, there would be no one to witness to or whatever. Anyway, so you're not all called to leave, but some of you are. And I just, what we're going to do is we we move out through the rest of the day. Um, And before we even do that, I want to read one last passage, John 12, 26. He says this, Jesus speaking, Whoever serves me, whoever serves Jesus, must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor those who who serve me. If you want to receive the honor that is offered to you, then you follow Jesus. You do what he asks you to do. And when you follow him, you receive the honor. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at some specific people who felt that calling, and we want to honor them today. We're going to give you a chance at the end, if you have come prepared, to help support this financially. But I want to ask you before we do this, and Eric, you can come on up here. This is Eric Winter, our operations and outreach uh, director. He's going to talk with some people and share their stories with you. But I just want to ask you guys this before, before I leave. Is God calling you? The whole question, that's it. Is he calling you? And are you listening? And even deeper, are you spending time with him so that you would know if he was? I guarantee every single person you're going to hear from today is spending time to know him. So Erica, I'm going to hand this over the rest of the day over to you. And I just, um, man, very excited about all that's going on here today. And so... Take it from here. All right. Thanks, Mike. And uh, I, I got to tell you, for myself, um, it's just it's great to be here. Um, I don't get a lot of opportunities to come down to the South Campus with just some of my responsibilities up north, but uh, I'm just glad to, to get a chance to be here. And, and today specifically, um, because it's, it's exciting. You know, as a church, you know, we're about five years old, and, and we sat back a, a couple months ago and, and realized, you know, what, what God has been doing within our midst of... of rising up individuals and, and putting a call on their lives and then watching them follow. And we said, we need to share this story. And so today, I'm excited to be able to share with you uh, really six uh, different stories. Uh, some will be uh, live interviews here. Others will be on video. Um, and, uh, and one of them, I'm just going to read a little bit of a paragraph from him for me. But today, I want to start off with uh, introducing you to Mike Menning. So Mike, come on up and join me. Um, Mike, just uh, as he's coming up, has been part of the Valley for a long time. And, um, and Mike actually was uh, probably one of the very first individuals to ever reach out uh, to, uh, to K2 uh, before we ever moved out here. Um, you know, he called us back in Michigan and is saying, hey, you know, you know, he was passing a church here in the Valley at the time. And 
if there's any way that we can be of help and of service to you, uh, we want to do that. And so Mike's been a great friend from the very, very beginning. And so it's exciting to see what God's done um, and is doing um, in Mike. And so, um, Mike, why don't you start off and just share with us, you know, what is it that you're doing and, and what would you like us to know? Well, it's good to be here. We're actually a part of the, um, of the North Campus. And I have my son Michael with me. He's the one that's not behaving real well right now in the wheelchair over there. <laughs> but um, Don is at the at the North Campus, and uh, uh, actually, uh, I, I guess a, a place to start. I was pastoring the Mountain Springs Community Church here in Salt Lake City, and uh, learned of, of Dave and Eric and the others coming up. And so, you know, we we welcomed them, and and uh, and it was uh, in 2007. While I was pastoring that church, that the Lord really spoke to my heart, and and what the Lord uh, laid on my heart is is uh, now you've been an evangelist and uh, <clears throat> and mathematically I was leading people to the Lord by addition, and uh, what the Lord laid on my heart it's time time to move to multiplication, and I have a I have a really pastor's heart and uh, what God led me into was pastoring pastors. And uh, in, in the area. So if, if we have healthy pastors and if we have healthy uh, churches, more people are going to be coming to Christ. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm working in, in about uh, three areas right now. I am available to pastors to listen to them. I'm available to uh, pastor pastors. And then um, in, in 2007, at the time the Lord spoke to me, there was a big tragedy here in uh, Salt Lake City. There was a church that was burned by arsons. It was the Cambodian church. And um, uh, that, uh, that church was burned. The Cambodians really didn't have a, a way of really working through the system of, of building a new church. And so the last six months I've been helping the Cambodians in building their new church. And I'm spending about 20 hours a week doing that. That'll be finished in August. And, uh, but primarily what I'm doing, most of my work is, um, is working with, with church planters. And, and right now we have a... A list of church planters. There are about 35, 37 church planters who are planting a church that are less than three years old. And already uh, in 2010, we now have 11 uh, church planters, primary planters that have moved in, and they're they're planting churches. And uh, like this past week, we just had a retreat with church planters and their wives. And so, um, so that's, that's primarily what I'm doing. And I think when we, we think about planting new churches, there's something we need to understand about Utah. In missionary terms, and I, I basically my wife and I are missionaries in, in Utah, but in missionary terms, an unreached people group, we hear about that overseas, we hear about unreached people group, it's less than 2% of the population. And, and then you're considered an unreached people group. Uh, Utah is less than of the population there's less than 1.5% of the population are Christians. And so we are the only unreached people group in North America. And, and the way God is working is he's bringing us church planters. And so uh, uh, Dave Nelson and I have, for the past three years, have, have been working on starting a new organization. You'll hear more about that, uh, Vision 360. And as of February, we hired a full-time director. It's a separate uh, 501c3. It's a separate ministry. But uh, uh, Jeff Hummel is working primarily with some of the bigger church plants. I'm working with some of the smaller church plants. And then in, uh, uh, in August, when the Cambodian church is completed, then I'll have another 20 hours a, a week uh, or so, and, and I'm going to be working with uh, different language groups. In Utah, on a percentage base, on a population and percentage basis, we have more refugees moving into Utah. We're second to number, we're, we're number two in the United States of refugees moving in. And the Dream Center, I don't know if you know where that is, that's on about 1,000 um, uh, west and about uh, 1,900 south. But within a three-and-a-half-mile radius, there are 124 different language groups there. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be identifying Christians in those language groups, and we're going to start the process of starting house churches over there. So that's... Uh, I don't know. Is that a three and a half minute explanation yeah, of what I'm doing? I think it's good. You do. Well, I, I got to tell you, that's the first time I've ever heard Mike give it a shirt in just about three and a half minutes. So, <laughs> because you know those pastors, guys. So, but but thanks, Mike. Um, and I'll just say this. I mean, as 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 a pastor here at K two, as part of this community, uh, what Mike does is, is critical because when you're leading churches, there aren't always very many people that you can go to and talk and uh, and share with. 
And so to have somebody like Mike who understands because he's been there, he's been leading churches and a pastor uh, is fantastic. And then it's exciting. I mean, you know, we're here because of planting a church called K2. Uh, and to know that there's other churches all over the valley that are going to be starting and to be able to watch what God is doing uh, in them and through them is, is a very exciting time for us here in Salt Lake City. So, so Mike, thank you a lot for doing what you're doing. Thank you, and uh, thank you uh, for the opportunity to be considered a missionary from K2. Um, we raise funds for many different uh, areas, but um, also I want to say that there's a table out here, and if you'd like to sign up, I send out what's called the Monday morning message. And every Monday morning, I send out a message on what has happened in the past week. And so uh, if you would leave us your name and your email, we'd be happy to put you on that list. And uh, just praise God for you guys and uh, supporting us in prayer, especially. Uh, because and, and support the church planters. It's, uh, uh, it's a big, big job to plant churches. So thank you. Praise God for you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Uh, hey, Mike, you can leave that. Hey. All right. Well, hey, I want to just share uh, briefly. Uh, we got a couple people that are sharing at the North Campus, but we didn't want you to miss out hearing their stories. And one of them is another guy that's, that's been a part of K2 from the very beginning. His name's Doug Grennan. And, uh, and Doug's been here and helped us get uh, K2 started. But also, uh, he's been on staff now with a, a, a group called Young Life here in the Valley. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Young Life is, uh, they're a group that primarily reaches out to, uh, to high school students. And, and their primary goal is to be reaching out to students that are not connected in any church. And so these are people that just aren't hearing or aren't seeing uh, the message of Christ, um, and, but are at a really, really critical age. And so Doug's been uh, working uh, hard in the valley uh, with that. But what's really cool is I was talking with Doug is that it's not just now only uh, the... Uh, the high school uh, students, but they also have got a new program called Wildlife, uh, where they're reaching out to the junior high students as well. And then they also have got another group uh, or another uh, ministry called Capernaum. And this one is reaching out to, uh, to uh, students that have uh, special needs, um, which I think is fantastic because that's, that's actually an area that, that gets overlooked an awful lot uh, when it comes to, to the ministries. And then uh, starting in, uh, in the fall, uh, they're going to be kicking off Young Life College. And uh, they're going to be starting off at the University of Utah and, uh, and reaching out as another ministry on campus for an opportunity uh, just to, to, to reach the, the students that come in and are staying on campus. And so um, we're just excited uh, for Doug to be able to be a part of this, reaching uh, an age group that is um, it's just critical. I mean, you know, it's, you know, you look at statistics and... It's during those, those early years in the high school, junior high years, that, uh, that most people uh, make their commitment to Christ. And so um, there'll be some information if you want to know more about what Doug's doing, what Young Life is all about. Um, you can get some more information. Uh, contact us, and I'm sure he'd love to, uh, to share with you. Um, another uh, individual that, that can't be here today, and you'll understand why here uh, when you take a look at her video, uh, but it's Julie Nance, and uh, Julie has also been a part of K2 from the very beginning. Just an amazing woman. Um, and, and, a, and a little over a year ago, uh, she shared with us that she was going to be taking a year and going to the Middle East and, and doing a ministry over there. And so she's actually coming close to the end of that year. Uh, but we asked her to put a little video together. And so let's take a watch and, and, and see what, uh, what Julie's been up to.
my name is Julie, and I've been a member of the K2 Crash since 2004. Um, I was first introduced to Jesus my junior year of college at the University of Utah, and ever since, that's something I knew I wanted to do, was introduce other people to Jesus and see their lives change, because he literally changed my life. For the last several years, I've been working in Utah to reach college students for Christ, and then I felt God's call to give a year of my life in the Middle East, reaching Muslim college students for Him. Uh, one of the things my teammates and I have been praying for this year is that we would see God's kingdom expanded in this country. And since September, three students have trusted Christ, and I really wish you could meet them. Their courage and their faith is inspiring. Um, as an American believer serving in this country, um, I can only glimpse at the struggles that they have as new believers here. Um, and the courage that they really uh, show really motivates me to want to share my faith more boldly. Uh, another thing that my teammates and I have been praying for this year is that we would see God's kingdom expanded in our own hearts, that we would have a better grasp of what the gospel means for our own lives. And for me personally, this year has been one of pruning and stretching. Um, I've never felt this challenged physically, emotionally, spiritually um, as I have this year. But I've also never felt um, this close to the Lord. He truly is my refuge, and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful to you for coming on this journey with me this year. And I'm excited to share my experiences with you soon. So, <clears throat> I don't know if you caught that. When, what she was saying is that uh, she was introduced to Christ when she was uh, in college. And, uh, and now she's over uh, in the Middle East as well as has been here uh, working um, recently. So just like we were talking about with Doug, I mean, it's at that age uh, that's critical um, to be reached. Um, Hey guys, I don't know if you can, but can we cut a little bit of the fog? Because like, I can't even see up here at the moment here. So um, I'd appreciate that. Um, so another story that I'd love to share with you, and, and those of you who've been around K2 for a while um, will, know, will, will know Chad. Uh, but for those of you who maybe have just started coming since the South Campus opened, may not even know who Chad is. Uh, but, but Chad Brunnersreiser is another guy that um, right there in the middle... Um, who was part of K2 again from the very beginning. And, uh, and I really just want to take a minute and just actually read to you a short paragraph that he shared with us about what he's doing. And then uh, hopefully this summer he's going to be back in town and you're going to be able to get to know more about what he's doing. But um, he's working with a group called Urban Impact. And it says here, At Urban Impact Foundation, we are committed to making a difference for the kingdom of God in our city and around the world. We believe that making an impact starts right here in our neighborhood on Pittsburgh's north side. 
Our hope is to see God transform our community one person, one family, one block at a time, and then in turn raise up Christ-like leaders who will change the world. God called me to this ministry and I work with our athletics department running a baseball program with six teams between the ages of 7 and 12. I'm also part of our basketball outreach program where we have an open gym where the youth come and play basketball and hear the word. I'm also part of our uh, basketball team uh, basketball teams where we are able to take, uh, take you deeper and, and, and become mentors and disciple them. And I've been blessed to have seven boys that I'm personally mentor- mentoring be accepted into college next year and trade school. I feel that God brought me into their lives and at least four of them wouldn't have been going to school next year if it wasn't for God working through me. God took an overweight, bald, 46-year-old white man and is using him in a big way on the north side of Pittsburgh. Don't question your call, just listen, and then follow God's call. This past summer, I had a chance to, to, to spend a few days with Chad and, uh, and Jeff and the guys from Urban Impact, and, uh, and I can tell you, they're doing exactly that. Uh, I actually walked a block where they said, you know what, this block used to be unsafe, and now they live there, and now they've changed that block, and now that block is reaching out to the, another block, and then it's reaching out to the community and it's changing the lives of, of, these, of these young men and women uh, there on the north side of Pittsburgh. And so we're really proud that Chad's there and has been, been a part of that. And then I want to share yeah, one more story with you. Um, and, and I'm going to invite Angie uh, Leone to come up. Um, I'll give you a hand here and grab the stool. But, um, but uh, for those of you who may or may not know, Angie and her husband, Carmen, who's up at the north campus, and, uh, and they're three beautiful children, and uh, you want to give me a hand with that? Um, there you go. Um, are getting ready to embark on a pretty amazing journey as well, and so I would love for Angie just to, uh, to share with you what that journey is and, and what you're going to be doing. Okay. Um, usually my husband's the talker, so this is kind of an awkward position for me. I'm kind of a support person, but... Um, We are going to an organization called Kids International Ministries in Manila, Philippines. And this organization is an orphanage that has 40 children in Manila and about 80 children in Mindanao. Uh, They are reaching not only the orphans, but they're also reaching the people in the community. They're located right in the heart, and there's slums. And so they have a theme this year of breaking the cycle. And what they want to do is create a community center where professionals are giving back to the people in the community. They want to train them and give them a way to support themselves, a livelihood. There's also a um, rescue home with Remember New that is helping children that are caught in the sex slave trade and creating rescue homes for them and giving them a way out of that cycle, breaking that. And the last one that's really exciting is the library and that just kind of God sort of planted this seed and it's just kind of grown out of control Uh, I've kind of been going through a process um, it's been a long process getting to going to the Philippines and um, I was mourning as we were driving along going oh I'm gonna miss the libraries and Carmen's like stop thinking about what you're gonna miss and let's start thinking about what we can take there and through that we thought, okay, well, we'll do a little book drive, and we'll start a little library, and I can do like a children's time um, at the orphanage and in the slums, and this book drive just, it was amazing. People in our community um, have just grabbed hold of the idea, and we're now taking 14,000 books on a crate with the Kids Against Hunger Mills that we'll be going over with um, some of our furniture, and so right now that's floating in the sea somewhere, getting its way over there. And uh, someone in the Philippines on the board heard about the 14,000 books that were coming, and they were so excited that they donated land for a library to be built. And someone else heard about that. God is so good. He is just, like, moving in such great ways. Uh, They found out about the 14,000 books and the land, and so they donated $10,000 for the construction of the library. So God is... It's fun to see that. Um, man. 
<laughs> getting a little emotional up here. But it, it is, it's amazing that just uh, a week ago, a uh, 40-foot container took off from Salt Lake City, is on, literally on its way, carrying um, about 142,000 meals from Kids Against Hunger that will be used in this community, carrying the 14,000 uh, books uh, for this library, carrying almost all their yeah, personal belongings of Angie and Carmine, so they're committed to go. Otherwise, they're going to be living in an empty house for a long time, so there's no turning back now. Um, but we asked uh, Jeff Long, and Jeff's the uh, director of, of Kids International Ministries over in Manila, to, uh, to put together uh, a message and so that you can see more personally, more first, you know, just a firsthand experience of what it's going to look like and wh- where are they going to be and what are they going to be doing. And so... Uh, they sent us a video uh, that we'd love to, uh, to share with you now and then, uh, and then come back and share a little bit more uh, of the heart of Angie. Jeff Long here in Manila. And I'd like to say hello to the K2 Church back in Salt Lake City, Utah. And Carmen A. and Angie Leone and their, their kids. We're really looking forward to having them come and uh, be responsible for uh, teaching and discipling some of our men, our, working with our short-term teams, seeing... Uh, buildings uh, not only planned properly, but uh, come to uh, fruition uh, in a great manner. And looking forward to Carmine uh, motivating uh, not only Filipino workers, but short-term teams that come to get involved in not only building and sheltering people, but community centers, schools, uh, business centers that are going to empower Filipinos to get jobs and offer them uh, a way to uh, work and take care of their families, provide for their families, their water, their their school needs for their kids, the food, and the things that are natural that moms and dads like to provide for their, their kids and each other. And through these building projects over the last several years, we've been able to see dental clinics, uh, classrooms, homes for people, a camp in Mindanao, uh, future homes uh, for children to keep them out of the sex trade and to provide for them for their daily needs. Uh, working with other uh, organizations in Cambodia and Vietnam, Thailand, uh, India, uh, as well as other parts of the Philippines. We really sense that this is our time. Uh, We're into kind of the peace plan where we, uh, in in the letter P, we plant churches, want to uh, see churches uh, come together, people come together and share with each other in the body of Christ. Uh, when we think of peace, the next letter is E, and we want to equip the servers. You know, we want the people that are serving in these churches to know how to teach and disciple others and to create leaders in those people's lives so they can go and do the same thing. A is assist the poor, and uh, that's what we do here a lot. Through the K2 Church, you guys are sending over a, a container of food that will have a big impact. It will have some things on there that will also help our ministry centers and our missionaries uh, settle in. So assisting the poor is a big part of what we do here. C is caring for the sick, and with our three nurses, one Canadian and two Filipino nurses, as well as dentists and other doctors that assist us on a part-time basis, we are thrilled to see how many people can live a healthy life here in the community uh, just by being cared for, being given vitamins each day. You know, a lot of these people find themselves um, living at, at a, a level where they can't even think and provide for each other for their daily needs. They go into some days not knowing how they're going to feed their families. They go to sleep at night not having fed their families. And so through this poverty and living at ground zero, really ground zero, we want to use Carmine and his architectural ability to erect uh, these houses for shelter. Uh, the master plan, when we think about how we impact the community through uh, building up walls and building drainage systems, so we take the septic and the sewage out of the way. We want to see him lead team members along this way, so caring for the sick. And finally, we want to educate the next generation, so peace, P-E-A-C-E. E, educate the next generation. We need classrooms. Uh, Three years ago, we started school with 30 kids. Two years ago, we had 60. This year, we had 125. Next year, there's over 180 students enrolled. And we keep the classrooms small. Uh, The numbers are only 15 students or less for each teacher. We want to help these students learn and grow. It's not about the numbers game. We only want to do what God wants us to do. And we only want to do it well with excellence. And we feel like the more classrooms we have available, the more number of teachers we can hire, the more
more number of students that we can get sponsored, and that's a really neat way. In addition to, to helping uh, Carmen A and, and Angie and their family come over here, just sponsoring children to go to school, $40 a month, um, helping, helping them in their daily lives to be educated, to keep the girls from being impregnated by boys, to, to keep girls busy in school and learning about Jesus and hiding God's word in their heart that they might not sin against him, to keep the boys off the rugby glue and from drinking too much alcohol and smoking and using all their money that should be going to school on things that just are, are no good for them. And we just want to change the hearts of those people. So we think educating the next generation is something we can be very passionate about. And 180 students starting in June need your help and other people's help to get that done. And there will only be more students in the future if Carmen A and his family can get over here. Angie, uh, I know, is a great teacher. She's got three young kids, so we're looking forward to having her input at whatever level she's comfortable with as a mom and as a teacher. We know that she's going to have an impact as well. So please pray for Carmen A and Angie. Use this month to get on your knees on their behalf. We really need them over here in the Philippines, as well as the team that's going to rotate over here in July with them. Another team is being formed in October. A container is being shipped in April. All this to connect K2, the church, with what's going on in the Philippines. We want to be uh, people that are caring and compassionate on behalf of Jesus and be his representative and ambassador for him in this community and in greater Southeast Asia. So if you can't come, please send Carmen and Angie who can come and help. And if you can join a team, that'd be wonderful. If you can't join a team, help send others to come and impact the community and the effort that we have ongoing here with Kids International Ministries. God bless you all and thanks for being part of this. Hard on me now, um, but it is. It's it's uh, first time I watched that. I mean, literally, I had tears in my eyes as well because not only because of the heart for for the people, um, but I but I know Carmen and Angie well. Um, they're in fact, it's it's exciting that they're going, and it's sad uh, because I consider them to be some of our very best friends. Um, but if you can. <laughs> Um, I'd love for you just to share briefly just the heart of why. Why are you going to go and do this? Why are you moving your family all the way around the world? Um. Um, God is... He is so good. And um, it's been quite a process. And like Mike said, um, they were praying for two years and... Uh, Hearing God and knowing what God wants us to do has kind of been the same way. Carmine is a very passionate and um, go-get-it kind of guy. And uh, God's been very gracious uh, to me. And he's been very gentle. And this has been um, an exercise in releasing my will and really hearing his will and being obedient. And it's, I'm crying out of joy mm-hmm. um, to really see how he takes care of me in every step and it's it's a day-by-day thing like Mike was saying of just hearing what he wants us to do every day and um, it's so beautiful how he's taking care of me and just laying one step at a time in front he's just one step ahead of me every day and it's so cool to see his blessings and um, that's, yeah. that's it in a short yeah well thanks you and thanks for sharing <laughs> and and uh, and so guys, I mean, this has been quick this morning to hear these stories, and, and I wish actually we could take a day with every one of them, because there's so much more to every one of these stories. But um, you heard Jeff in the, in the, in the video allude to it. Um, uh, there's a team going over with Carmen and Angie in July uh, to help deliver them to the Philippines, which is very exciting. Um, but we already uh, have uh, 10 spots. Um, actually, there's 12 tickets, but I'm... I'm going to be doing, taking one of them, and, 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 and another one of our leaders will be doing another one. But there's, So there's 10 open spots for a trip in October, October 18th through the 26th, where we're going to be going over to spend uh, some days with Carmen and Angie in the Philippines. And so uh, if that's something that would, sounds exciting to you out at the information table in the lobby, there are, or perhaps at the table where Angie will be, um, there's a sign-up uh, for a meeting that, next week where you can come and join us and hear more about it. Uh, and we'd love to take, uh, take some of you with us uh, to go over there and experience that firsthand. Um, 
Every one of, of, uh, of the people that you've heard about uh, have information out in the lobby. So if you want to know more about any one of their ministries, uh, stop out there um, and, and you can pick up some things, talk to th- those that are out there personally uh, and hear about them. Um, and so um, just so you know, though, I mean, at, at K2, every single person that you've heard about is, is being supported by us uh, through our general budget. Um, and so... Uh, but our plan is really there's three, there's three tiers. Uh, the general budget is, is the first level that we say at, at a minimum we're going to support uh, each of these uh, ministries and, and individuals. But then the second uh, tier of that is, is, is the body. And, uh, and actually right now we're getting ready uh, to, uh, to have a closing song. But, but during that closing song, we're going to be taking a special offering. Um, and so today we're actually going to be doing two offerings. So just so you know that. Um, it's not that the first one wasn't enough and we tried to do it again a second time to get more, but, but the reality of it is we're taking two offerings. And this first one is 100% uh, going to be going and, and, and be divided up amongst each of the ministries that you heard about today to support them and to love on them. Um, and then our third level is, is that for those areas that we go with our teams, uh, we, we build in uh, some support for our missionaries uh, that are there on site um, to, to in, the, in what's raised uh, through the teams. And so... Um, Hopefully, uh, you came prepared today to be able to be a part of this. If not, uh, you, you can still participate, um, you, know, y- you know, mailing something into the church. Just mark your check, missionary support. You can go online um, and, 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 and donate that way. And, and there's a, a, a fund there that you can click that says missionary support. Um, and you can be a part of that. But, you know, the reality of it is, the, the, the reason for all of this is because every one of these individuals you've heard about today God has poured into their heart. God has moved in their lives. God's led them. God's put a call in their life. And, and they've, they've listened. Um, and they've heard that call. And they've responded. And they've said, you know, God, I'm going to follow you um, wherever it may be, whether it's right here in Salt Lake City, whether it's in the down, uh, inner city of Pittsburgh, or whether it's somewhere around the world. Um, and so my hope is today that, uh, that God may be even stirring in your heart. Uh, not only to say, wow, this is inspiring to see what, they're do- what these people are doing, but what is it that God's calling me to do? And where is God calling me? And so as we listen to the closing song, pay attention to the, to the, uh, to the words because they speak really clearly to just exactly uh, what we just heard about. And um, so while the song's going on, like I said, we'll take that offering. And then uh, after the song, I'll be back up so we can close the day.